Afternoon Talk on SAFM. Right, so we're going to get into the in the spotlight uh, mode, in the spotlight section of the show. Every every afternoon we put somebody in the spotlight. Um, and I'll tell you what, I've, some people are asking me about certain names. I want to just get Joey to confirm. There's a couple of guests we have tomorrow and the next week, which I'll actually mention some names. I think you can enjoy them. So our plan really is for you to sort of make sure your diary works around who comes up as a guest. If you can do that, that's great. Okay? But today is the turn of, of someone that I, I often interview and, and sort of pick his brain around you know political issues. But today we're going to pick his brain about around himself. And I'm talking about Professor Tiniko Maluleke, who is the uh, Deputy Vice-Chancellor at the University of Joburg, uh, which is about a kilometer from where we are right now. So thanks so much for allowing us to um, put you in the spotlight. Ashraf, the honor is mine. I'm, I'm really humbled and honored to be counted among uh, <laughs> the people that you put in the spotlight. Uh, I know that this is an award-winning program. Uh, and I'm, I'm really, really honoured. Well, be. thank you. Well, I mean, the, the fact is, you you have achieved in your own right, and, and that's why you're here. It's not a favour. It's, it's something that we want to do anyway, right? So, 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 what's it like being the the deputy vice chancellor of a university? It, it is arguably uh, the most exciting job I've ever had, uh, mm. you know, in my career. Um, it means working uh, with uh, colleagues who are really at uh, on top of their game uh, it means reporting to a boss uh, who who really is uh, uh, is knowledgeable uh, is an expert uh, i i always say if running a university uh, was a science uh, iron rensberg with whom i work mm. has has come close to perfecting that science uh, so it's it's really um rubbing shoulders uh, with, with people who really know what they are doing, who are experts uh, in their fields, uh, as well as excellent, excellent leaders. Um, it also means working with students. Uh, I mean, what privilege to work with young, bright minds, uh, young, bright South Africans uh, whose future lie uh, open before them, uh, who, who are going to make this country... Uh, Better, uh, I have no doubt. Very talented youngsters. Uh, every time I feel a little down, they inspire me. I look <laughs> at them and I feel you just just walk down you in your seat. Yeah. So uh, that's what it means uh, being a deputy vice chancellor. Mm. And and I mean, in terms of that, the balancing act between your own, you know, enthusiasm, then reporting to Iron Rensberg, who of course used to be part of the SABC before, and a great man, no question about it, but then dealing with the students, and then also not getting bogged down in bureaucracy, because somehow when people think of institutions, there's always a sense that, oh goodness, they spend so much time with paperwork, they, they, the vision then stops. You know, the, the, the nice thing about the academic sector, being in the higher education sector, is that it, it never is about paper. Uh, it is about people. It is about opportunity. It's about talent. It's about potential uh, and helping people find their potential. Uh, whether one is talking about colleagues who are um, uh, less ju- um, more junior to one, uh, or whether one is talking about one's PhD and, and master's students, uh, whether one is talking about peers or students um, in general. It, it it is not really it's it's not a bureaucracy it's not it's not this this administrative uh, machine you know that sometimes people imagine universities to be it's a space where you have where people have uh, have permission to think you know and 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 for me 
wouldn't, I wouldn't do something different if I had my life uh, over again. I mean, a bunch of youngsters with, uh, with wise, well-read people together, uh, Things can only go right in that case. <laughs> well, we are chatting to Professor Tiniko Manuleke, who is the Deputy Vice-Chancellor at, uh, at the University of Joburg. Now, I'll tell you what, um, of course, we're talking about his life, and we often do that when we put somebody in the spotlight and uh, pick his brain on certain very important topical issues right now. Maybe the issue of funding, I think, with regard to education comes to mind. But if you know the professor very, you know, personally, well, here's your chance to say hello to him. If you're, if you're a student and he's helped you out, then why wouldn't you say hi to him right now? I think then you need to. If you are related to him, if you're just someone that admires what he does, or in fact uh, doesn't admire what he does, either way, it's, it's, uh, it's the airwaves. It's up to you to call in to 0891-104207. Great to hear from you and love, to, love the spectrum of, of uh, the cross-section of opinion we often get when people do call in. You can also SMS to 34701, 34701. And if you are tweeting, it's at Ashraf Garda, all one word, at Ashraf Garda. I'll uh, take your tweets. So, so let's then talk about, yes, if, if there's one thing you, you want to get off your chest right now, meaning you, you've got a national audience, and, and there's, there's something I'm asking you, I'm, I'm allowing you to raise an issue, and it's, it's an open-ended thing. What would that be? I think, you know, <laughs> apart from the uh, focus on, on young people and, and youth and students, which is my life, um, what keeps me awake at night about this country, um, first... I must say, this is an exciting country. I mean, I've, I've lived briefly in, in many countries all mm -hmm. over the world. I've studied in the U.S. I've, I lived for a year in Switzerland. Um, I, I, I don't think I have, I've been to a better country uh, than this country. Why, why, why do you say that? Because I hear that often, but then there are many others who are like South Africa. Come on. No, it's an amazing country. I mean, if you look at our story, uh, the way we tend, we tend the country around together, this generation of South Africans. I mean, this is an amazing generation of South Africans who have uh, basically brought the country from the brink uh, back into, into the family of states in the world. And, and my, my concern is that I think we should be just slightly more passionate about it and slightly more positive about it. I think we, we, we sometimes tend mm, uh, mm. to be too focused on what is not working. You see, the problem is when we, when we, when we negative, um, some may call negative being critical, which is not negative, but, but let's just say we're negative. They blame it on these political analysts who talk <laughs> down the country. People like Nico <laughs> Maluleke. <laughs> Well, what do you think of your role as a as a as a political analyst who who, who needs to pass judgment effectively? That's what you do. Yeah, you know, every, every few days on the airwaves. You know, uh, doing political analysis is something um, that, if you like, is like the flip side of my what I would call my academic uh, uh, responsibility, um, and I do it as an aspect of that. Um, and, and the aim of it is not really to bring anyone down, uh, in my view. It is simply to say that here, here am I. I, I have training uh, in reading, and not just reading uh, newspapers, but reading difficult books, mm, reading mm. situations. Mm. I have training in, uh, in logic and thinking. I have training in analysis um, 
of of ideas. Uh, I I have read many many books in my in my short life. Uh, how can I use the skills I have I have gained there uh, to help others understand my country better and hopefully to 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 help contribute to a better country actually uh, believe it as uh, uh, it's not so much to to be negative but to try and contribute to a better country so, so you see that duty that that you've been, you've been endowed with analytical skills say around politics and you need to express that because the country needs people like yourself to do that now the flip side of that is many people feel yourself these political analysts they just take sides they they just rubbish certain political parties because they like it's almost like you like a sports team and you say well I like pirates I'm the rubbish chiefs that, that's how many people who listen how they analyze I won't say you but, but political analysts yeah, as, it, as people it shouldn't be rank, yeah. it, you know Ashraf it shouldn't be like that uh, because the role of the political analyst is not really to take sides uh, but to help people understand context uh, background uh, to understand what is possible, to weigh up um, uh, the options available uh, to to the characters that you are you are talking about, to compare data uh, related to the issue you are talking about, uh, track it. For example, if we're talking about the chances of a political party, we look at how did they do in the past five years. And therefore, how are they likely uh, to do in mm, the next mm, year mm, and so mm. on? So it's 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 really uh, that much, and and it's about fairness and it's about being just, uh, in in my view. So, uh, but you know, political analysts are human beings; they are citizens. Uh, <laughs> well, they, uh, they 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 make mistakes, um, uh, and they they often get it wrong. Well, well, that probably that's I, I was going to ask you. So let's say if, if you've and I'll get, to, I'll get to some of the callers in just a minute. So do call in 089-110427 and I'll read your tweets. I hope stick around, okay? But, but if, if, you, if you passed judgment, that means providing analysis over 20 major issues, say in the last five years, do you, do you ever sort of track it back and say, which ones did I get right and which ones did I get wrong? And therefore score yourself. Well, of course, you know, one of the things that one needs to do is to listen to oneself um, uh, and, and check, uh, you know, listen to oneself, uh, read oneself and check what uh, what one said and why. Um, uh, but, but, you know, Ashraf, it's, it's about more than rightness and wrongness, uh, in my view. Uh, it's, it's not as simple as that, because it's not the, the job of the political analyst to say you are right and you are wrong. Um, uh, it's about, you know, could I have known more about this uh, before I, I wrote about it and before I spoke about it? Is that an angle? Is that a, is that a body of knowledge that I missed that I could have and I should have read um, uh, or known about? Is there, is there, is there an angle uh, that I missed that could have, uh, you know, helped me understand this better? Those sorts of things uh, one does all the time and, and one finds all the time that there is always an angle there is always a body of knowledge that uh, you you could have used uh, say, why didn't i think about that i'm sure i'm sure or why didn't i check this book or that article or or or, or this website i would have known this so right. so it happens all the time fascinating well, i'll tell you what i'll take your calls if we're going to talk about uh, well chatting to professor tiniko maluleke putting him in the spotlight we're going to talk about his work a as a as a political analyst but that's by the way what about his role as the Deputy Vice-Chancellor at uh, the University of Joburg. What about his career long-term, the way it all started? 
to where it is right now. If you know much about it, you can raise it. Otherwise, we certainly go on that journey. Hope, let's get your thoughts. Uh, Hope from Joe Hi. Yeah, good afternoon. Um, and to the prof, uh, at times I, would, I, would, I don't agree with you completely, <laughs> but obviously, it's not just to say, it's not the business of having to agree. But I just wanted to say that the work of um, thinking it's a, it's a very daunting one, but uh, it's a necessary one for any country to have people who will do that. You just need to see what's happening in the new state of South Sudan, where Deputy President is recalled and all hell breaks loose. And we imagine what could have happened in South Africa when President Becky was recalled if we did not build institutions of the state. And you always emphasize this issue of institutions would survive individuals. But I, I just wanted to say that it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's very difficult because at times I get a sense that some people will analyze a party without even having to look, not maybe you, at, maybe you, you look at, uh, I mean, you go to a conference, you take resolutions, you adopt a strategy, a person doesn't even talk to the strategy, but makes an analysis. I don't know what your view is because I don't understand how you can analyze a party when you have not even looked at their, its policy uh, positions, its strategy, but you make bold statements on it. Okay, interesting points that you, that you raise. Hope, thanks for that one there. Right, go ahead, you can respond to that. Yes, uh, I think Hope makes a, a, a valid point. I mean, two points that he makes. The importance of thinking. Mm. Uh, thought is, 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 is a very important um, uh, part of of development and 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 and, and, and people um, planning uh, where they want to go as a nation uh, but also as individuals so academic freedom intellectual freedom and the pursuit of knowledge is is something that we we should not uh, ever take for granted it's something that we should um, we should guard uh, jealously and ensure that uh, South Africans are able to do that because uh, to the extent that South Africans uh, are able to do that uh, then we can imagine a better South Africa uh, and, and become a better country uh, but once um, we all think alike or we stop thinking which is worse than th- uh, thinking alike uh, altogether then we're in trouble uh, and, and so I, I would agree with him uh, about that and as for you know, one of the, the, the most basic things about um, analysis, it does not necessarily need to be political analysis, analysis of any kind, is that it's got to be informed. Uh, the, the analyst has got to have as much knowledge as possible about that which they analyze. So, so there's a great responsibility. It's, it's, it's a huge responsibility. Even, Ashraf, even if you talk to me for three minutes, I must have a lot more knowledge than the three minutes can carry. Because you never know where the discussion Precisely. might go. Precisely. You, know, you never know where the discussion might go. So, so one needs to know a lot more. And, 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 and I think uh, it, it, it would be very precarious uh, to analyze something that one has, has not taken the time to, to understand, yeah. uh, to, learn, uh, to learn about. And I, I'm not aware that there are many people who... Who are that brave? <laughs> All right, so just stay. Uh, we'll move on to other things in a minute. But on, in, in the field of, of uh, being a political analyst, what, what for you, in your opinion, is, is your greatest asset? My greatest asset? I. You ask difficult questions. Um, 
Look, I think my greatest asset is that uh, I would like to think that I I am fair and just, and I'd like to think that I take the time to acquaint myself with uh, the, the the knowledge about which I'm going to speak. Um, I have had the privilege uh, of of getting an education uh, up to a, a, a PhD level, so I've had lots of uh, of practice in terms of. Um, uh, putting forward arguments, uh, dealing with uh, with opposition, uh, oppositional arguments, and listening to others, um, and 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 those those are the things that that help me. Uh, I'd like to, <laughs> to say. I think your 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 measured tones come across very often, and your sense of giving balance to discussion. And I can speak about it, having had the privilege of interviewing you many times. Right, I'll get to some of the calls. There's, there's a flood of SMSs I want to read. Um, Barry, stick around in terms of calling, and I'll look at some of your tweets as well. Uh, any idea who's listening to you today? Did you tell, like, friends to listen? You know, I have been so busy uh, uh, today. Yeah, uh, no time. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody that you probably haven't told to listen, but, uh, but I think it's a she who's listening anyway, is, uh, is Flora, who goes by the surname Maluleka. So, Flo- <laughs> <laughs> let's get to... Hi, Flora. Flora, hi. Okay. Hi. Yes, hi, Flora. You're on the air. Yes, how are you? I'm very good. I'm good, thanks. Hi, too, Professor. Hi, Flora. You speak good English. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good, thanks. Yeah, just wanted to expose you to tell the world that you are my cousin and you are my reverend as well, beside what you're telling them now. <laughs> A very good and very humble person. A very best motivator who everyone would love to listen to when you preach mostly, not when you end politics only. <laughs> and I love you. <laughs> well, so, so, what do you call him? Do you call him cousin or do you call him, or do you call him reverend? Hey, it's my cousin. <laughs> not reverend. I call him cousin. Yes, he knows it. I call him my cousin. Tell, tell me one thing about him that, uh, that we don't know that, that you'd love to share. Something really interesting. Something interesting about him? Yeah. Yes, like I said, he is a great motivator besides when he is on politics. You, you would love to listen to him when he uh, talks about God, when he reveals, and when he explains the Bible and all that. But oh. I am saying he is a great all motivator. Right. I, I'm, well. I'm going to ask him to do that. Yes. Just that now. Thanks so much for that, cousin yes. cousin Flora. Nice to get thank you. Thank you so much. Nice to get that call, right? Very nice, uh, very nice surprise. Uh, Flora is uh, is indeed my cousin, and she works here somewhere in the SABC, so she's not far from. Well, us. there there you are, yeah. and uh, nice of her to call in anyway. Yeah. Right, let's get to uh, Barry in Cape Town. Hi, Barry. Yeah, um, Ashraf, and thank you for um, having the prof. I do listen to his comments a lot. Um, the question I want to ask is, uh, one, uh, must a political analyst necessarily have a PhD in any discipline? Um, the second question is, uh, where is the place of um, or what we term organic intellectuals? Um, do their views count in political analysis? And lastly, your analysis, um, or can you point to any specific analysis you've done uh, that uh, the government has ever taken cognizance of it in 
um, their policy decision. Okay, good, good question. Thanks for that uh, call, Barry. Right, go ahead. Yes, uh, Ashraf, um, no, I mean, of course, uh, uh, you don't need a PhD um, to, uh, to, to do many things, uh, really. Uh, a PhD uh, is the domain of those who want to pursue an academic career, uh, because in, most, in, in many places, uh, without a PhD, you will not be able to pursue an academic career. Mm, mm. Um, uh, so, so the, the short answer is you, you, you don't need a PhD, um, uh, not just to, to do political analysis, but to do many things. I mean, you don't need a PhD to be a good lawyer. You don't need a PhD uh, to become a, an excellent engineer, uh, and so on and so forth. Of course, if you if you do have ambitions to become an academic, to become a professor, to teach others, uh, then then the PhD. Uh, comes into place, into play. It's a it's a helpful uh, qualification to have, but you don't ha- you don't need to have it. You don't need to be a member of the South African okay. Academy of and, Science. And the question that was asked which was, did you did you raise any issue in your political analy- analysis that in fact then was hopefully was adopted by by government? Yeah. I I have not been able to uh, to track that, uh, uh, but I do know that. Um, uh, when I meet uh, government officials uh, and, and political leaders, they do uh, uh, talk to me that, and say that they appreciate some of the comments uh, that, that one makes, and one, one assumes that it means that uh, they, they use some of them um, in, in, in policy making. I do get invited to, to speak at, um, uh, for example, last year I was uh, at the presidency. Um, uh, to give a talk in a, in a workshop, I uh, participated in a discussion with the mayor of Tswane after his uh, s- state of the city uh, mm, mm. address. Uh, he had a breakfast uh, at which I uh, I was one of the respondents, and and one hopes that um, you know in this in these kinds of forums uh, one is making a contribution. Uh, but I I don't want to be too presumptuous about that. Uh, I think for me it's important that I do my job and do it well. Unless somebody from government calls in and says, actually, we have adopted a certain thing, and you're entitled to do that anyway. Yeah. 891 Nobo says, your guest is an incredible African theologian by training. His theological writings still resound in my ears. So there you are, the reverend ones again coming to mind. Taking into account the history of South Africa, are you of the opinion that we will be able to go forward in future as we are only concerned about the past. comes from Impo. Um, and Ashraf, you have the best African mind in your studio. We appreciate his knowledge and understanding of politics. comes from Vusi. Uh, and hi, Professor. Sir, just listening to you, you should run for president. You sound like you or your head is screwed on the right way from Kurt. Okay, interesting. We'll get responses for, uh, on that in a minute. I want to just pick up some of the other callers to uh, Mark and Joe before the break. Uh, Mark, go ahead. Hi. Uh, good day. Uh, Professor, I think it was Burke that said that those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it, and I'm sure as a political analyst looking at the, the possible consequences of movements and policies and things, you, you read history. Um, what what would you see as uh, historically have been the greatest catalyst for for positive change for change that that had a positive impact on on all the people of a country or, or, or a continent or whatever 
um, you know, there have been many changes that have taken place, revolutions that have taken place that have unleashed uh, a terror and destruction that was worse than what it replaced. One can think of um, the French Revolution, uh, Communist Revolution in, in, in the Soviet Union, in China and so on. But what, what would you see as historically have been you know, catalysts that have produced real change and real benefit for, for the majority or, or all of those involved okay. in, a, in a country? That's, that's a great question. We'll get an answer in a minute. Let's get one quick call now before we get to the news. Joe in Woodbank, hi. Hi, Asaf, how are you? I'm very good. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, okay, thanks. Uh, yes, I agree with all other uh, uh, callers who have just called that we've got a great man in the studio there. This is a man that inspires us, some of us when he speaks. We follow him and try to take a lot of sense from what he says. Um, but today, allow me just to pose a question to him. In fact, uh, I just want to get his opinion regarding this matter, that... Uh, we, 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 we every time, every year strive as, as, as maybe government to, to produce better results, good results, improve the number of passes and so on. But then those students that pass the metric, they've got the problem of getting further education. Now, what, what is, what is his opinion regarding maybe building more schools? For example, medical schools that we have in the country doesn't really cater the need of the country. That's, that's, that's my point. Thanks. Okay. Got that. Thanks so much. We'll get an answer in a few minutes' time. We are chatting. I'm chatting to Professor Tiniko Maluleke. We'll do that after around a quarter to four. Of course, we'll ask him about his favorite books. So get your pen and paper ready. And I'm very keen to ask him to give us the names of five South Africans, uh, living South Africans, that he really admires. I wonder who's going to make that list. Let's get the news headlines now. Just go on 3.30. Thanks for that. We'll see you. Have a great evening. Real chats tomorrow. Uh, PM Live comes up at 4, 4 to 6, presented by TP. So, okay, I'd like to listen out for that one as you get uh, up to date with drive time issues on your on your way home, right? Okay, just a couple of you, you, let, let's get you to answer some of those questions and comments from people. Yeah, the, the one the one gentleman was uh, saying about those uh, catalytic moments in in history. Um, uh, of course, if one looks at the twentieth century, uh, it's, it's quite easy. It's the two world wars, um, mm, mm. and uh, and of course at the at the tail end of of that century. Uh, the collapse of uh, of the Soviet Union and the uh, and the end of uh, uh, the Cold War, uh, 1989. What, what, what the caller didn't ask, in terms of, of of a catalyst, you know, can you can we put down major events down to uh, the catalyst of an individual, as opposed to an entire nation? You know, we think Germany is it Germany or is it Hitler, for example? You know. Yeah, I, I think it's always a, it's always a bit of both. I mean, Hitler is a product uh, of a context. Uh, Hitler is a product of uh, post uh, World War One Germany uh, in, in more ways than one. He just became the site of all the aspirations and the anger and the uh, and the tragedy. Of, of post-World War Germany. So, so it's never just one person? It's never just one person. I mean, uh, Hitler had to be produced by the set of circumstances, that, 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 mm. that menu of issues uh, that was boiling uh, in Europe and, and, and Germany. And, and if time. we use the same analogy in, 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 in biblical terms, because I mean, people of the uh, Christian, the, the Jewish and, and the Muslim faiths have very sort of common uh, prophets, I mean, we, we, so much of what they have done is premised on, on the mission of that one person. 
Yeah, I I would. You're the Reverend talking, by the no, way. No, 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 no. <laughs> I would I would want to steer away from that. I mean, you know, I, I for the past what twenty twenty years, I've I've been walking up and down the university corridors uh, more than I have been uh, walking uh, al- along the the pews of of a church, and I would, mm. I would rather be uh, focusing more on on this side of issues, uh, which is which is really what. Uh, uh, more than two decades of my life have been have been about uh, the academia and 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 the universities uh, i I think that the approach um, you know the individual approach uh, it is important because um, it, some individuals simply are, are very powerful agents of history i mean you you don't need to go uh, too far you need to think of uh, someone like Nelson Mandela, Mandela in our mm. uh, in our case, but even then. If you look carefully, it's never about that individual. It's an individual in whom a generation invests mm. uh, their hopes, and and sometimes the detriment of that individual. And so this individual takes on, if you like, their hopes uh, and fears sometimes negatively in in, in Mandela. And sometimes to the detriment of the nation as well. Sometimes to the detriment. So of so the nation. bad investment. Yes. Mm. So 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 the idea that you have. Uh, you know, unique, uniquely and, and special individuals who fall from the skies to come and 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 and, and direct things. It, I mean, they emerge from from among the people, and they they then carry um, uh, the, the strengths and weaknesses mm. of of the people out of which they they emerge. Interesting one. We continue chatting to Professor Tiniko Maluleke now. Someone says he sounds like a, a great mind. Um, I like his sense of coolness and calm when analyzing issues. He's balanced. As Hope said, I often agree with the prof. One doesn't need to know party strategic policy to analyze, but to see the relationship uh, of delivery and protests or appreciations in the street from Gaule in uh, Polakwani. Someone wants to know, Ashraf, what's the professor's view on the EFF as we are heading towards election? Important question. Go ahead. <laughs> Look, the EFF uh, has been amazing so far. I mean how they get uh, media attention. Uh, I, I wish they, they should do a workshop for all other political parties and teach them how to get media attention. That alone uh, is, is quite amazing. And so um, they have uh, found a way of making themselves big uh, very quickly. Uh, in, in, in especially their media strategy, and you could argue that they don't actually have a media strategy. They have Julius Malima, uh, and they have and the red and, and they have the red. Well, works. this is the other thing. This is the other thing. You know uh, how quickly this seems to be catching on, uh, especially among the young. So, as far as um, marketing and branding themselves. I, I really would give them a lot of marks. Absolutely. Something we raised on the marketing uh, and brand communication show I do, I do on a Sunday. Absolutely. But, but, but what about the, the issue around the ruling party, which is uh, a, a party of revolution and therefore supported by, by the masses, and yet you're getting lots of dissatisfaction now around service delivery. How, how normal is that when compared to other political parties have also delivered freedom for their, for, to their people? You know, you ask a good question. How normal is that? Um, you know, if you look at the challenges that the, 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 the ANC government is facing, um, we, we, these are challenges that we, we would all agree. Uh, many of them should be 
I mean, I don't think we should say they should have disappeared, but should have been drastically uh, reduced uh, 20 years later. Um, I mean, water, toilets, and all of those things that we, 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 we talk about day in and day out. But there is nothing, what the ANC is experiencing is, 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 is not something that similar governments elsewhere in the world are also experiencing. Uh, so uh, we need to have perspective uh, on on some of the some of the challenges that we face as a developing nation uh, at this point in time, given this constellation of of, uh, of issues in the world, uh, which uh, which actually um, you could argue it, it doesn't ma- it wouldn't matter who is in charge of the country; they would have to deal with the problems, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 those problems. Uh, some of them come uh, from 50 years ago, and some of them come from hundreds of years ago. I mean, uh, you know, you must remember this this country is a former colony, and this country is um, uh, is, is a former apartheid state, and this country is, um, is, is was was not so long ago uh, divided up into homeland systems, and the footprint, the shadow of the homelands. If you go uh, to the Transkei, or you go. Uh, to Venda or to Gazankulu, former Gazankulu, you will see the shadow of the homeland. So, uh, I, I, I think, I think, uh, of course, this, this is no comfort for someone who says, I don't have a job, I don't mm, have a house, mm, I don't have water. It, it is cold comfort. But well, I sometimes we tend to forget those things, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay, then let's talk about, about you personally. So, son of, son of Soweto, right? Yes, I was born, I was born in Soweto, in Midlands, uh, in, in Zone 8, uh, Midlands, and uh, I didn't, um, uh, stay in Soweto all my life uh, because uh, when I was uh, about four, my mother died, and uh, after the death of my mother, uh, my father outsourced the children okay. to his mother, <laughs> uh, who was in Limpopo. So and so, grannies, yeah. yes, mm. yes. Uh, so I'm I'm a, I'm Granny's child basically. So, so Limpopo, in terms of of the the, the important upbringing, then. The, the the early years in Limpopo, later on back to Soweto. Uh, so, for example, 1976, I was uh, among the stone throwers uh, mm. uh, in, in in Soweto. Uh, very naive, uh, too young to understand everything at the time. Uh, about 13 years old. Um, uh, at that time, I might have been, you know, in fact, 12 or, or so. But, you know, so, so that's, uh, that's roughly between Soweto and Limpopo. Uh, my life has oscillated uh, <laughs> until, until uh, my late teens. And, and, and what, what has happened? What, what has been your catalyst that has seen you being successful today? Was there one specific moment? No, it and wasn't. I'm going back in, in your school days, you know, some a teacher maybe, or, or someone who spoke to you, or somebody who came to talk and made an impression, or what? Look, I mean, two two people. Uh, my my principal at Lamola Jubilee uh, Secondary School in uh, in in Zone Five, Maryland, uh, was the late Curtis Nkondo uh, of Azapo uh, fame, and uh, in, in those in those mm-hmm. years, and. Um, I, I thought he was an amazingly inspirational figure. One of the things that he always told us at assembly was, if you don't read, if you don't get educated, you'll end up being like your parents, who are kitchen girls and kitchen boys. And it was very uh, harsh. But, 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 it, but it made it, 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 it hit me hard uh, to hear him say that. 
and and I and, and I always looked at someone like him uh, as an inspiration. When I later on went to high school in in Tanin, um, another uh, principal uh, principal DJ Zetumtevule, he died uh, quite recently. Uh, quite a, a legendary figure in that part of the world. Uh, you know, from him I learned that you don't have to. People don't have to like or agree with what you say, but they can respect you if if you have integrity. And, and he was that kind so, of. Person. So I asked you earlier about five South Africans, living South Africans, that that you admire. I've already mentioned two, uh, <laughs> the two uh, uh, principals. The third one, um, uh, living South Africans, and, and and I know that you don't want us to uh, to include. Um, uh, well, well, of course now uh, Madiba is is no longer mm, living. Mm. I would I would add um, uh, Iron Ransbeck, uh, with whom I work now. I would add Bani Pichana, with whom I have uh, I, I I I used to work uh, at at UNISA. Um, and uh, Winnie Mandela is is the is the fifth person that I would I would say I admire. And she's the only one not not in academia in in terms of the, the five you mentioned. Yes, I mean that tells you, that tells you that uh, for the past quarter of uh, <laughs> a century, I have been very much in the academia. <laughs> um, but but you know, I don't know that you would say that she she, she may not be in in the academia, but she is a she's uh, red. Mm. She is red, and she's a, she, she 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 is a powerful uh, uh, individual. I think. Uh, give often not given enough credit, Absolutely. not even by the late the latest Mandela film, by the way. Oh, yeah, well, what's the other movie about her? I think you must you must watch that movie. There's a lot that people who don't know about the story needs to le- learn about. Anyway, that's for another day. We've got just over a minute and a bit to go, so I'll, I'll rush this one. Just just give us a, a you know a leadership lesson that you can share with us, because people people want to be they want to become leaders and they want to do things well. What advice can you give us? Leadership is first and foremost about leading yourself. It's not about leading others. It's about your ability to lead yourself. Your ability to, to get yourself uh, organized, to get yourself to do what has to be done. Uh, and to get yourself to, uh, to be the example uh, you want others uh, mm. to, to, to well, follow. Well, well said. Right, three things I'll ask you. Uh, and we've got 40 seconds. Whatever you had to give up to get where you are today, give me someone that you'd love to meet for lunch, that you haven't yet taken out to lunch, and, and a book that you recommend that we must read. Uh, the first question was? First one, well, uh, whatever you had to give up to get where you well, are I, today. I probably had to give up my youth. Your entire youth. <laughs> because, you know, uh, I was 30, 33 when I got my PhD, 34 when I got my PhD, uh, I was 36 when I became an associate professor, and I, and I got into the competitive. Okay. So I'll just push you. So I gave up the youth, and the other two a book you recommend we must read, and who would you like to take out to lunch if you haven't yet done so? I'd like to take Malala Yustavai, uh, the 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 young girl from uh, okay from 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 from, Paki, uh, from Pakistan. Uh, Pakistan. Yes. From, okay. Uh, no, Afghanistan. Pakistan? Pakistan, yeah. Pakistan. Anyway, yes. Yes. I'd like to. Young was shot on education. Precisely. Um, okay. Um, I'd and, like and, to. And, and a book you recommend we must read? 
I think the book about her life, I Am Malala, is, which, is, which is, is actually a, available right now, is, is a book Absolutely. that I would uh, I would recommend. But yeah. I also would recommend my my favorite uh, fiction writer, Paolo Coelho. Uh, okay, great. Not the alchemist this time, but uh, Veronica decides to die. Ah, there you are, some great choices. Thanks for allowing us to put you in the spotlight. It's been great chatting to you. We'll have you as a political analyst some other time. <laughs> there we are, Professor Tiniko Maluleke. Now time for Radio Vuka.